What kind of game are you playing? Uh, pro bending? We've got a quarterfinal match? No, I mean with Bolin. You got them all in a tizzy, and I know you're only using them to get back at me. I am not. We're just having fun together. What do you care, anyway? I'm looking out for my little brother. I don't want to see his heart get broken. Wait a second. You're not worried about him. You're jealous. You do have feelings for me. What? Jealous? <laughs> don't be ridiculous. Admit it. You like me. No. I'm with Asami. Yeah, but when you're with her, you're thinking about me, aren't you? Get over yourself. I'm just being honest. You're crazy. You're a liar. Flamio, hot men. Welcome to the Ember Island podcast, the show where two fans of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra talk about every single episode. I'm Leslie. And I'm Barbara. And today we're talking about the infamous book one, chapter five, The Spirit of Competition from The Legend of Korra, aka one of several episodes in the show that caused people to stop and rethink whether or not they want to continue with the show. <laughs> yeah, what was this? Oh, this is, man, this episode's a mess. <laughs> like, it's rough. I I forgot how frustrating this episode was to sit through. Um, yeah, before we go into it, want to talk about spoilers, even though there's yes. honestly not much to spoil here because the yeah, plot there's no plot. Yeah, it comes with a screeching halt. <laughs> no plot. <laughs> Nothing. Like I, like the characters are kind of there, I guess. Anyway, um, uh, this <laughs> podcast assumes that you have watched every episode of Avatar The Last Airbender, but you might not have watched every episode of Korra. So, uh, so uh, we are going to potentially spoil everything from Avatar, but only have spoilers up to book one, chapter five of Korra. So moderate spoilers ahead, but I can't think of anything that happened this episode that no. matters. Yeah. You know, you know how the last episode ended with like Cora having a yeah, plot and like Cora freaking out about the actual terrorist group and stuff, which is genuinely scary. And you know, Republic City being in danger. Yeah. Well, we're going to throw all that out the window right now because we need to talk about the love triangle, which is of course, um, the, the high pro highest priority on everyone's minds, I'm sure. So in this episode, The Spirit of Competition, Cora and her fire ferret teammates struggle to forgive and work as a team after certain romantic rivalries throw them off balance. Yeah. Um, God damn it. <laughs> this I, episode... Leslie, this yeah. is a pet peeve of mine. You can't call this a love triangle because because both of the both of the boys are brothers. This this is not supernatural. <laughs> We're not doing that. I don't know what we call it, like a square. I I we, I guess it's a like a like a love point. It's so, a square. Um, so so <laughs> listeners, a love triangle in a story isn't actually the 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 reason why there are so many love love triangles in it in 
it in novels. It isn't a, like, Katniss Everdeen situation where she has to choose between, like, either, like, Peta or Gale. And, and it isn't a Bella situation where she is choosing between Edward or Jacob. In actuality, there is that third link where 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 basically there are two there are two characters that are using that third character as uh, as this romantic placeholder be, be, because they can't have each other be because of heteronormativity and uh, and they're brothers this is not supernatural i'm not doing it go to fan fiction world for that i'm i'm sure it's there I'm yeah. sure it's there a lot. Either way, it's dumb. Like, uh, I, when does this shit ever happen? In, like, when does this shit ever happen in real life? Like, it's not compelling to me. Mako's garbage. I wrote that a bunch. Well, okay, specifically, I wrote Mako's Mako's trash <laughs> because Mako's well, trash. Welcome to the club. All right. I wanted to like him. Okay. It's Someone kind of a cup. Wait, it's well, snowing. Wait. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of incredible how uh far how far Mako falls in the span of like two episodes. Uh, it is uh, incredible as, like, how much I liked him the first the first time I saw him and now. <laughs> Uh, absolutely just, incredible yeah, yeah so man it's just it's bad from the get-go because the recap it doesn't even recap what happened in the last episode you know terrorist attacks because it doesn't uh, matter Cora having to freak out yeah because it doesn't matter the plot has come to a screeching halt for this um so basically it's prefaced with love is in the air and i'm like oh god no and it's just such total it's such tonal whiplash and like i mean i guess the equivalent kinds of episodes that we get similar to this in avatar last airbender is like something like the beach which deals with romantic issues but like it, a good it, way it deals with issues. romantic issues but it's more character driven yeah and, and it, even like the ember island players has a good segment of like ang trying to figure out where his status is with katara but it makes uh, sense it, like it's <laughs> I think better there the, yeah. The, the the problem that I it's, have it's here, like, it's like, what's going on? Why is why are they having yeah. these these um these these conversations now? Why is it so important to do it now? I don't know any anything really about you except that Cora doesn't have friends and she's the Avatar, and and just Mako and Bolin are orphans. It's just so fast forwarded. I think that's the difference between something like the like with the beach and and Ryan players and anything or Cave of Two Lovers even or things that deal with romantic relationship drama and this history old shows. Like it was already established. Like you know, like we already we we got to the friendship part first, and then we and slash just got to know these characters. Period before we entered the romantic realm full on. So like we didn't just start with. Zuko and May having their relationship squabbles before we, I mean, because before that we got to know them. And it's like this, we're only episode five and I still feel like I don't know enough about Korra, Mako, or Bolin. 
enough to be like, I care about one relationship versus the other <laughs> or something. I don't know. Which which is very unfortunate be- because in Avatar, book one, season one, we learned so much about the characters where where you wanted Sokka to get with to get with Suki. You learned so much about Suki within within just a few minutes. And they really fleshed out her character to the point where first their romantic connection seemed logical and it seemed to have like a a path forward. And it didn't feel weird and forced and put upon. It this episode's so weird because it's like Korra was doing friend things with them. I mean, sure, Mako's attractive, Bolin's attractive, but why does everyone have to date everyone else? Why can't you just yeah. be buddies? I don't. Uh, it's just so quick, but in a way where it's like I didn't. I also didn't get to know them as people fully yet before yeah which getting to the romance which example Yue we only see her for what two episodes before she becomes the moon Mm -hmm. and yet we learn so so much about her and we see her her and Sokka's chemistry evolves so much here uh this is this is the same problem that I had with Asami last episode where it's like Asami's here she's a girl Maku and her are dating now they love each other see see yeah and it's just like this this is filler at its worst we talk about filler a lot on the show to me good filler is the kind that progresses character progresses world building is funny or entertaining or yeah, all the above fun. uh so this is kind of like a great divide for yeah this is like a great <laughs> divide scenario for me where it's just like <laughs> i don't learn anything new about these characters yes. <laughs> i don't really care about what's going on on screen <laughs> and it's not funny and it's just not engaging at all and it's not expanding the world that much either so yeah therefore it's kind of a waste of time <laughs> so i I can honestly say that that I did not enjoy 95% of this episode. And yeah. the 5% I enjoyed was because I am garbage and Janora explained a really yeah, interesting okay. romantic story. Yeah, I mean, the firebending kids are the winners for this particular Airbending kids. Yeah. Or did I say firebending kids? Yes, because because <laughs> firebenders are the best. Yeah, I agree. The airbending kids. Yeah, <laughs> the airbending kids are adorable as, as always. And Pabu, Pabu and, and Pabu. The, uh, yeah, okay, ninety-two percent. Ninety-two percent of the episode did not did not love. Mm-hmm. But seriously though, like this is the episode where for a lot of people it they, causes they them quit. Question. Yeah, like I I know people in real life who started watching Korra after the Netflix revival of both shows happened. They watched Korra for the first time and they stopped and I'm like, where'd you stop? <laughs> like when the love triangle happened, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Guys, I love romance. I am I am a romantic neat that 
that that it just loves all of those terribly cliche stories. I am watching Bridgerton right now. A very good show on Netflix. Um, It is a Regency romance. So I don't have problems with romance. I love it. This just sucks. Yeah. I'm, I'm more of a friendship kind of gal versus romance. So anytime I get stories that emphasize um, the uh, friendships over romance, I'm... I get attached to it a lot more. That said, I will watch romances when they're good. This is not one of those. So, no. <laughs> yeah, but let's jump in. So, so it's snowing. Yeah, it's snowing. So I guess some time has passed. Um, the gang is practicing for the upcoming pro bending tournament that they now have the sponsorship for, courtesy of Asami and Sugar Mommy. Yeah, <laughs> courtesy of Mako's girlfriend. Uh, yeah. yeah, so they're practicing. They're they are all listening. listening. They are listening to ragtime music. Yeah, they're smiling and having a good time practicing. They're all in sync, which I'm sure is going to last for the entire episode. It's a metaphor. Uh, yeah. Um, Cora's taking some time off the task force in order to focus on the pro bending tournament. Uh, yeah, and then, okay, and comes Asami with the new uniforms don't look that bad i mean and then mago and asami nose kiss i love it that's cute uh i don't like them (laughs) together because i feel like they are two they're two sheets of paper that have that have like smiley faces written on them uh but but like good morning sweetie eskimo kiss cute um and i I will probably say this more, more, more later, but I don't know Asami. I feel like they're doing her dirty. This this whole episode, well, they're doing everybody dirty in this episode. Like no one was yeah. given enough to be fully flushed out, so it's just yeah, everyone's just sort of like yeah, no. Uh, throughout throughout this episode, Asami just like pops up. To be a person to talk to Mako so that Korra feels bad. Yep, she exists as a plot point slash prop for Korra to yes. get jealous. Yeah, so it, yeah, it's annoying. So Asami and Mako walk away cuddling together. Bolin just <laughs> tries to make the move like, well, Korra, there they go. Here we are alone in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> alone people uh, together yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i like bowling shoot I like your Bolin. shot you know if okay if i if you had me at gunpoint and i had to choose who i care about the most Bolin. in this stupid mess i'd yeah i'd go to bowling <laughs> uh, yeah i mean he seems he seems to to um at least be taking this in stride he is upfront with what he wants and he's not going all in like like Cora is he is just yeah. like hey my brother has a girlfriend you are really attractive and great I like you do you want to get noodles mm-hmm. yeah so then we cut to the brothers and the penthouse attic Papu's taking a bath Papu is so adorable I, yeah I can't <laughs> Pabu is too good for this world. 
end this episode. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Bolin's like, what do you think of Korra? And uh, Maka's like, oh, she's great, but it makes sense for me to go for Asami. <laughs> over yeah, Korra. because Mako's trash. Mako's <laughs> garbage. Um, what? Like, uh, your girlfriend's not good enough for you? That, like, you, that you have to actively be thinking that whenever someone talks about a woman it is it is for you to get with her what's up with you what's up with that Mm -hmm. so Bowen's like uh i meant for me not for you (laughs) and uh mako slightly projecting is like i don't think she would be a great choice because i mean she's like our teammate which yeah valid argument yeah, uh, yeah. It's just it's, it doesn't work out when teammates start dating teammates. Uh, there is, yeah, there is a very, very common phrase that is "Don't shit where you eat." If you don't want to yeah. cause cause trouble, don't date at work. Don't ruin things that it that are that are that are keeping you stable. So like this, so 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 this makes sense but i also don't like mm-hmm. how how mako treats treats bolin bolin seems like a really nice guy <laughs> and like mako who who mako's trash and he doesn't think that bolin can get a girlfriend or something it's weird it's it is like he doesn't that care he, about him, or or he cares about Cora and and his relationship more than his relationship with Bolin because Bolin likes Cora and everyone knows that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think it's it's not that he doesn't want Bolin to date. He just doesn't want him to date Cora. Slash, he doesn't know his own feelings, so he's conflicted on whether he likes Cora or not, and like. I, yeah, I this is Riverdale shit. It's stupid. Yeah, so uh, because this conversation will not go away, then we cut to Air Temple Island, where Cora is basically getting asked the same question. <laughs> except, uh, so the except slightly funnier because it's the Airbending kids who are asking yeah. about it. So Janora asks, "How's it going with the tall, dreamy Firebender boy?" <laughs> and Cora's like, "Oh, we're we're not a thing." But if we want, if we were a thing, uh, what should I do? <laughs> now should I proclaim my love? And Janora goes for the very fan fiction. Oh, I romance. loved it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, well, there's this book I read where we basically, they basically it started oh. an entire war because of their relationship, and then she jumped into a volcano. Super. Uh, let me read this. Oh, oh, I just, I, I. Just read a historical saga where the heroine fell in love with the with the enemy general's son, who was supposed to marry the princess. You should do what she did, Cora says. Tell me, Janora says she she rode a dragon into battle and burned down the entire country. Then she jumped into a volcano. It was so romantic, and it sounds romantic. I want this story. This story sounds great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then I don't know what the heck Iki's story was, but... Oh. Uh, something about eating marshmallows, maybe? Or something yeah. Like um, yeah. So uh, 
so um she wants to brew a love a love potion made of made of rainbows and sunsets and then um they will like drift in drift into the sky together and and and, and just live in the clouds it's yeah. very <laughs> very childlike it's, it's crazy enough that jumping into a volcano seems to make more sense so uh and then in comes tenzin's wife pam what's his wife name is it pama i i, I don't know i i cannot tell you um let me google it real quick yeah gang um this is how much she is like she's a character so far pama pama Mm-hmm. P-M-A. Yeah. So Pema walks in and she overhears this conversation. So she proceeds to give her two cents and she talks about how she basically stole Tenzin away from another woman. Lynn. <laughs> hey. She <laughs> she stole her from Lynn. That is what <laughs> happened a hundred percent. Why do you think it was Lynn? Because that's that because that's just the way this story's going. <laughs> Who else would it be? Who else is a woman we have seen that is kind of Tenzin's age? No one. This matters. It's Lynn. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, so Pema basically steals, steals him away by proclaiming her love. Uh, yeah, and then, yeah, so you're left wondering who is this other woman. It's Lynn. <laughs> Calling it now. <laughs> so uh unfortunately that's the advice that cora goes with <laughs> yeah yeah which ugh, cora's so away from <laughs> the other person great job so cora. yeah i this episode's weird because well uh, i know that i keep on comparing this to avatar and it's like so hard to to compare things to avatar because avatar is so good but these are the same writers so yeah. um so I'm in so I'm in Avatar. It it takes a while for for Aang to first realize that he really likes Katara and then and then for both of them to be comfortable with each other uh, enough to get to that like love stage. Korra has been hanging out with these guys for two episodes and she like slept on Mako a little bit. And now she loves him. It's mm-hmm. it's not fleshed out, and it is weird. And it isn't like she is just ready to have a good time, you know. Um, yeah. Bol- Bolin just like wants to see what will happen. Bolin's not all in. Cora's all. Cora's all. All all in, and it might just be because. She didn't have any friends as a kid and she and and like this is the first time that she's ever had a crush on on anyone. So she's going like full full in. But it's but it's weird. It's it's written weird. Yeah, it's just it's weird. So. At this point, we then proceed to round one of the Pro Bending Championship Tournament. Uh, yeah, so look and fly in their new um, Seicho Mobile uniforms, I guess. Mm-hmm. Versus Future the- Enterprise, uh, Future Industries, Fire Ferrets. Yeah, 
and they were playing the Red Sands Rabaroos. And uh, yeah, so basically this battle is pretty straightforward. They're working together like a well-oiled bending machine. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I can't wait to see what happens in round two. Um, yeah, so they're killing it. They easily take the match. Long story short. And then the match ends as they're walking off with the victory. Like, wow, we were really connecting out there in that ring. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so and then Mako is trying to dodge the the statements because we know where this is going and then Cora just blurs it out look I really like you and I think we're meant for each other it's awkward it's cringe it's a lot yeah I mean yeah and then Mako's like well I'm in love with Asami so yeah and (laughs) so then he walks away Cora's defeated but immediately goes for the rebound with Bolin when he asks her out on a date and she's like, Cora, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, uh, I understand she's sheltered, but like, <laughs> really? It's, it is also obvious about what is going on. So, um, so, um, so, um, Cora doesn't feel very desirable. Bol- Bolin's being nice, amping her up, asks her on a date. Cool. Um, I, I don't think. Bolin would have been heartbroken if if just Cora was like, yeah, I mean, Biggie can hang as like friends, you know. Yeah, but he called it. He explicitly called it a date. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, yeah, sure, it'll be fun. Let's do it. Uh-huh. Oh, um, Asami also walks in to be just just a person there that is that that has like the object of of. Of of um of Cora's affections, she is just a prissy, beautiful, elegant, rich girl. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Cora accepts the the date. For yeah. Oh gosh. So immediately yeah. going for the rebound. Anyway, that said, if I had to choose one of these stupid relationships, I'd say I prefer Cora and Bolin. Over Cora and Mako. Well, yeah. I mean, I have, uh, listener. I have. I have decided Mako's garbage. Um, I. I don't know how he can redeem himself. Don't know why. I like. Don't like. I like. I like him less than like murderer burning down villages Zuko. But like, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mako's uh. on my shit list. Uh, yeah, Mako's. He is above Zhao, right, 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 right now. But he's but he's not doing a lot for me. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. So yeah, Cora and Mako. Cora and Mako. Cora and Bolan go to or kick off their date by going to like a water bending or water tribe food place. Yeah. It Which... doesn't look appetizing. It kind of reminds me of the stirred sea prunes dish that <laughs> Ang was not jazzed about. Yeah, um, it looks like it is, it might be buckwheat noodles with some kind of seaweed added or some kind of kelp added. Um, um, it looks really interesting and, and, um, and, um, I just find it nice 
that Bolin would mm-hmm. would bring Korra here because he knows that she is from the Water Tribe. He is like, what would what would Korra like? And yeah. that is nice. Mm-hmm. Bolin this sweet. entire time uh, seems seems to be trying, and he seems yeah. to feel like he is lucky and he likes being with Korra. And that I think. Is great. The, the- I think the characters who come out of this episode mostly unscathed are the airbending kids, Pabu, and Bolin, to yeah. an extent. Yeah. Like, I wish Bolin had more development by this point in a mini series. Keep in mind that it's only like 12 episodes long. So this is kind of the halfway point. Uh, but. Yeah, what's this, this? Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> what's this? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So while they're there, um, across the way is a neighboring pro bending star named Tano. Tano Never- and the Wolf Bats. Wolf Bats. <laughs> it it sounds like a bad band. It does. Uh, AKA he's the guy with the crazy comb over from the newspaper that Cora was reading in episode two. Yeah, you know, the one where you like he's he a he's a, a character. Char- <laughs> yeah, he kind of reminds me of Bradley Evercrest the third. <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> that was the vibe he was getting me. Uh, Bradley Uppercrest the third being the villain from an extremely goofy movie. <laughs> we've we've a hundred percent talked about him before. I'm on pretty this podcast. sure we have. <laughs> to, to initiate people new to this weird ass podcast, we we reference Bradley Uppercrest the third a lot. Yeah. The third. <laughs> yeah. Just if you ever watch that movie, it's available on Disney Plus. He makes Bradley Uppercrest the third makes the derpiest faces. It's and he's uh-huh. just like he's a full on frat douchebag. That's his character. I just <laughs> want to snap this guy out of the coffee shop. Him. Just snap, snap. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. God. Snapping snap out of the coffee shop. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh. It's what I thought college was like. Man, I, I totally thought college was going to be like that. And I was extremely disappointed. I'm like, where is my Java copy with my spoken word snapping all day, every day? What a shame. Uh, yeah. So anyway, Tano is just staring them down because he also recognizes Cora and Bolin. He's so dramatic. He, yeah, so he walks over with his posse of women and and I guess the rest of his teammates. Who uh, who I'm who I must say all have really cool character designs. Yeah, they all look great. They all look stylish. Yeah. They they look like a like a scene band that I would have loved in middle school. And that is a compliment. <laughs> I can see that. So yeah, Tano is basically trying to size him up and and uh, diss him a, a lot. Cora's not having it. So uh, just when it looks like she's about to challenge him to a duel that could ultimately uh, get her and her team disqualified, uh, she sticks her dog on him instead. So, uh, her he, dog. he also says, you know, if you want to see how a real pro pro bender bends. I can give you some private lessons. Bleh. Gross. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Cora threatens him in response with Naga. And that's enough to get him and his posse to bail out. 
So uh, Bolin's extremely turned on <laughs> by this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then they proceed to continue their date. Uh, they go for- to a soda fountain. Yeah, and have like a burping match. Which they, is- <laughs> they, they, they go get old fashioned egg creams. Yeah, basically, it's it's partially cute and also gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, they're grossing out everyone in the in the soda shop and then they go to like the eiffel tower equivalent basically yeah and then Cora's looking at the view her face is cute while she's looking at the view and then yeah. obviously Bolin's looking at her <laughs> and while the wind comes out of nowhere where did the wind come from <laughs> yes <laughs> as Bolin's looking at Cora with affection and comes the wind to rustle to rustle his hair or whatever Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah so then Cora comes back from this date and Mako is honestly rightfully like what kind of game are you playing yeah I mean you like, you just asked me out along. and now you're going out with my brother yeah like what is this <laughs> like it wasn't even five minutes later where you guys go on the date um, yeah and then Cora's like well you're just jealous and I just uh. I hate this conversation and uh, when you're like, with Asami, you're thinking of me, aren't you? Uh, wow, Cora. Wow. I don't like it. I'm not engaged. It's annoying. I don't yeah. Like what is this? What is this soap opera Riverdale stuff? Except I don't know who <sighs> these people are. Yeah. It <sighs> it sucks. I'm not here Honestly, for it. I didn't take too many notes on this. It's just like I don't know. Oh no, I was angry. When I am angry. So So they're annoyed with each other and then they stop away and then we proceed into round two of the pro bending tournament. And And the fire figures are falling apart. I cannot do that voice, guys. I'm sorry. (laughs) This is not the same team who took out the rubberoos. But uh, yeah, shocker, they suck now. Except for Bolin, who's over the moon. But, yeah. Um, yeah, and has no idea that <laughs> he was the rebound. Mm-hmm. Even uh, though it happened two, like, two, like, two feet away from him. Right? Like, really? So, Read the room. Uh-huh. So Cora and Mako get knocked out pretty quickly during these fights. And um, ultimately, it comes down to a tiebreaker one-on-one match. Uh, between, and Bolin decides to take this because he recognizes that Cora and Mako are not in the right headspace. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Bolin does a nicely animated uh, one-on-one duel and wins the match for for the team. Oh, um, Bol uh, uh, Bolin's one-on-one duel was also, and um, this is also why I didn't really like this episode. Was also the only time that I was interested in the bending. Yeah. <laughs> earlier, earlier in the podcast, you said that some people don't really like pro bending. I might be one of those people. My That's eyes kind of. Mm-hmm. It is. It, it, I, it isn't that I don't like it. There's, there's not enough stakes. Yeah. I don't feel like mm-hmm. it's a and real you know, fight. I think I need to rephrase what i mean by that now that i've especially now that i've rewatched some of these episodes for the first time in a while is i like the idea of pro bending i think it's cool to look at but in the context of the larger story and how it's applied in the story 
I don't like that it just feels like filler after a point taking away from the things that we should be focusing on. Okay, not the stupid love square octagon, whatever it is. And uh, more on, you know, terrorist plot, the uh, actual like world building of disparity between benders and non-benders that I still haven't gotten a lot of at this point. I mean, they killed yeah. Sokka, so so that's it. They did yeah. it. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, they win round two, but just barely. And then we proceed to Morikawa and Mako drama, and oh my god, all I wrote was just like, they suck and oh, big letters. <laughs> yeah, so um so Mako and Mako and Cora need to get over themselves. Um Mako thinks uh uh Cora's uh, like, I know you don't even like me. And Mako's like, No, no, I do like you. I think that you're amazing. But but like Mako likes Asami too. And then um Cora Cora kisses him. Mako Mako kisses back, um, which um, before I get told told what happens after, uh, Cora, what you doing? He's dating someone. What's up? Yeah, with that? you know what is this? Do not go for the kiss. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. Uh, also, yeah. Mako, you're dating someone. What's yeah. this? Why are you doubling down on the kiss? Don't kiss her back. Yeah, dude. it. It doesn't seem like you guys are are just seeing how it goes. She is sponsoring your pro bending team. You guys go on go on dates every day, and like she seems to really really like you. This isn't a casual thing for uh-huh. Asami. Yeah. Oh my god. So, so like Mako's basically using her at this point if he's not super super into it. Yeah, it's just it's a mess, and of and course, Bolin also happens right to there. Yeah, and he had flowers oh, and, and just Pabu. <laughs> and then he starts bawling, Aww. which like I would too. Me too. I mean, think about it: the girl you like kisses your your like older, more like confident, hotter brother. Yeah, who's also happens to be dating somebody else at the same time. Yeah, it's like yeah, he has a girlfriend and he's trying to take yours. Yeah, that's pretty fucked. <laughs> that job, is Marco. that is your brother. <laughs> yeah, not great. No. Uh, yeah. So his Bolin's reaction is extremely relatable, and uh, it is it is still partially funny too. <laughs> like, it's, like I like it because like you know funny. most time when you see like animated characters in particular crying it's like pretty crying and it's like this oh, is like one no. ugly crying no, like these are Miyazaki right tears Miyazaki yeah. draws Miyazaki. the best tears they look yes no they just so, look so full they're I know just... they're so full they're huge I was watching House Moving Castle the other day and I was like uh... oh my god look at the beautiful tears <laughs> they're just they're huge yes, they no. stream down like rain droplets yeah Bolin's um, Bolin's face he it's just ugly crying but like the tears are pretty yeah he's got snot coming out of his nose but I, yeah. I can't believe it. it's cool <laughs> yeah Bolin. Just, it's sad y'all suck Mako and Cora what the hell 
Yeah. Uh, Mako, yeah, so. you're supposed to be his freaking brother. Yeah. Then Mako blows up at Korra, like, why the hell would you kiss me? That was my brother. Why do you but, kiss back? Yeah, why'd you kiss back? That was your <laughs> why brother. Is this, why is this Riverdale? Oh, my God. <sighs> Stupid. You know, I don't even... The thing is, Riverdale isn't even this bad, because honestly, by the end of, like, season one, the main four are, like, together, and that's about it. There's no love triangle. Like, Betty and Veronica, they don't actually get into it, like... Okay. It's shocking. They actually subvert the, <laughs> subvert the trope. And like Veronica's like, I like Archie. Betty likes Archie too, but she gets over it and ends up dating Jughead. Yeah, <laughs> who is that's weird. That's how the relationship stays. Yeah, I don't fit in. He, he doesn't want to fit in. I wear this stupid hat because I'm weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the way the relationship stays for almost the whole show. So okay. yeah, when Ri- in other words, Riverdale, sorry, is doing Riverdale. A better, yeah, Riverdale is doing a better job at this kind of stupid relationship than Cora is, which is sad to say. I can't believe I'm saying that in a show where we get lines like "You haven't learned the epic highs and defeats" or whatever it is of high school football. <laughs> the epic highs and lows. <laughs> lows, yeah. <laughs> high school football. I dropped out of college in the fourth dra- in the fourth grade to run drugs to support my nana. <laughs> and then the responses. <laughs> then you haven't learned the epic highs and lows of high school football. <laughs> yeah. Or when um uh Veronica starts starts selling whiskey, even though she can't she's a minor. <laughs> she has a whiskey yeah. business. <laughs> I don't know. Riverdale's yeah. weird. <laughs> The show is a goddamn mess. Oh my god, I, I was watching it for the shits and giggles as a guilty pleasure because it was so fascinatingly awful. But it reached a point where even I couldn't continue on. But yeah, that's a story for another time. Uh, so we got to go back to this story, unfortunately. And so then we pick back up with <laughs> Mako finding um, Bolin and like a bar equivalent. No, he is at the same noodle shop. I, yeah, might have been the same noodle shop. Yeah, basically, no, it's the same one. Yeah. Basically drunk equivalent on these noodles. He's drunk on noodles. Yeah. Um, drunken noodles. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, yeah. <laughs> drunken noodles. Maybe that was the joke. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I feel like maybe that was the joke. Because oh, I meant to mention it. Uh, slight tangent. Tangent. We were talking about the Southern Raiders episode mm. of uh, Last Airbender. And after the scene of uh, Zuko walking in on Sokka in the tent that he was about to like hey (laughs) the next shot of uh sokka the next morning is him wearing a lay like he got laid a hundred percent yes yes pretty sure that was intended Hundred percent yes. Okay, a hundred percent drunken noodles. Drunken noodles. Yep, I'm uh, going with drunken noodles. <laughs> so, Bolin's full sad. In, uh, it's it's funny and relatable and sad at the same time. <laughs> like, you're a brother betrayer. <laughs> the only one I can trust anymore is Pabu. Because you Pabu, can always trust Pabu. I know, <laughs> and Pabu is also like passed out in a bowl. <laughs> Yeah, Pabu's sad too. <laughs> yeah, he's drunk too. It's great. <laughs> oh, it's so great. Um, and then <laughs> Mako ends up having to like 
literally pick him up and <laughs> exit the place with him. Uh, yeah, uh, Bolin calls Mako a bad idea. <laughs> he is a bad idea. Yeah, he is. Oh my god. Uh, so then round three uh, is the ferrets versus the buzzard wasps. And they start the match. The announcer's like, all three players are totally out of sync tonight. Yeah, shocker. Yeah, Bowen oh. gets hit in the stomach. And then he, th- and then he okay. throws up over the side. So then the announcer talks about Flamio, instant noodles. Yeah. <laughs> Noodliest noodles in the United Republic. <laughs> uh, yeah. It'll quench you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, do you think they have cactus juice for sale oh, in yes. this world? They have to. It's like LSD. You know, like, the oh, gangs yes. are selling it. Sokka profited off of it. Oh, hell yeah, man. <laughs> um, yep. The Ferris are their own worst enemy right now. Ugh. Oh, whatever. Yeah. So, Korra ends up doing unnecessary roughness holding. against the player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She and was just... holding him and then was rough so then she got a yellow fan yeah i liked it yeah um mako mako hits bolin don't know how but it happens and he ends up falling off falling out of the ring bolin gets hit in the shoulder and then shortly thereafter falls out of the ring and then bolin and mako reconcile on the elevator leading up to the ring Uh, so are um, we gonna be all right we're brothers God. girls right yeah. no it's no oh. it is trash mako mako you suck too like i yeah cora sucks too but mako i felt like he didn't take responsibility for this either <laughs> i never said right. uh, i was a douche yeah fucking mako yeah um so yeah then it's up to cora to take the match and with some very well animated solo bending she does take the match for the team Yay. So, yeah. Yay, we did it. So, now they're on to the finals against the Wolf Bats. And um, Tano walks in with the weirdest diss that makes no sense because he's like, You smell something in here? here. Wait, I know what that is. That's the sound of losers. What what are you picking? Smell or sound? What? Those are two different senses, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, I, I do not know. Yeah, whatever. So he's he's walking to his match with his team. And then we cut back to Bolin, Mako, and Korra, and they all apologize. Whatever. Everyone's kumbaya. Bolin's in the friend zone. Korra's in the friend zone. Mako's a douche. It's great. Yeah. Um, uh, threesome, I guess. The fan yeah. uh, the, the fan fiction totally did it where, oh, like I guess we just have to share Korra. And that's uh-huh. dumb yeah it's so stupid like it's just so forced i don't care anyway so then yeah while they're all reconciling and all smiles again uh all of a sudden the match ends pretty quickly it was like five minutes after it started probably it's like oh no that's the team we're gonna have to go against because they're really freaking good wow when your episode that was already pretty pointless ends on the quote cliffhanger of how are we going to beat Bradley the up, upper crust the third? AKA yeah. this character we just got introduced to now and is not really a high stakes character right yeah. now. He just seems slimy. Um, Whatever. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, 
Asami showed up again to be oh, yeah. a object that Kakora's <laughs> upset with. Um, um which is uh, which is dumb. Um Yeah. And then um uh, uh we we are reminded that Korra actually has healing abilities that she got uh-huh. from Katara, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, um, she she calls Bolin one of a kind. Cool. Um, you are still really rude to him. Yeah, good for you. You took more notes than I did. <laughs> like I, can't... yeah, oh. I yeah. Honestly, I, yeah. This episode sucked. It really sucked. And I feel this, I don't like to be so, so dismissive of things, but, but for most of, for most of the bending parts, I was bored because like pro bending's not super fun to watch. I mean, uh, in, in previous episodes, Korra episodes and and Avatar episodes, we always explained beat for beat how someone oh, yeah. did and did mm-hmm. and did the thing. The only time where I was super into the bending was when Bolin had had his one on one match with with the other Earthbender. Uh, 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 he did a really cool flip. There was a grapple. There was stuff mm-hmm. going on, and. And I think that you lose that you you lose a lot of strategy, surprisingly, when yeah. you are doing pro bending because it's just discs and just flashes of elements against other elements, and it's all really quick, and they like keep on switching mm-hmm. switching between them, and it's it. I am watching it, but I'm not digesting it. That's totally fair and i kind of have to agree a little bit at this point like yeah it is interesting how like you watch the original show and there's so many fight scenes that stick out in my mind not just be- and not just because i've seen the show a bajillion times but like i could easily break down like moves and like yeah other cool things like that or like even the venue and it's like it's hard because um at least up to this point it's been you're mostly in the same venues the whole time versus like Avatar. You're traveling the world, pretty much the entire show. So like, well, well, like even yeah, that Avatar is yeah. mostly Avatar mostly takes place in a clearing in the woods. I would say mm-hmm. 65-70% of episodes, the fight happens in a clearing in the woods, <laughs> yeah. and yet I am still engaged. Uh, I don't know. I think in part because all those bending matches a lot of the time also are have unique. to do well they're both unique and they also push plot and or and or character like yeah they're very there are a lot of plot centric fights and there are a lot of character centric fights specifically i think of things like uh katara fighting paku and the northern water tribe and stuff uh, which was just like a nice character moment or of course has a, or, Katara has a lot of uh, <laughs> character-related uh, fight scenes that I like. Uh, her and Hama with the blood yeah. bending stuff, and you know, uh, I think of like Ang and Zuko on the fighting on the well and Bato with the Water Tribe, which is an episode I don't even like, but I <laughs> remember <Yeah>. that scene. <laughs> yeah, 
you know? So <laughs> yeah, it just, I think I wish that, uh, I guess up to this point, a lot of the bending stuff in particular has not been centric to moving the plot forward. The closest that we've come to that is uh, episode three with Mako and Korra trying to chase down the, like the equalizers. And even then. Remember that? And it was like at night. Yeah. Yeah. But even then it's their bending was involved with, with that, but it was more so the fear of getting your bending taken away. It wasn't like bending didn't, specifically drive the plot along a bending fight didn't do that they were just trying to get away it mm-hmm. it feels i don't know it it's it's strange where um where I'm, we have talked about this before where um um p- previous generations thought of bending as a as a art and this and this generation thinks of bending as this you as this utilitarian tool. And 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 like I'm not saying millennials ruined everything by buying all of their avocado toast. But but like the bending in the bending in Cora hasn't been that engaging. And I think that that part of it part of the reason is that we don't really know who the main characters are personality wise and and just person wise and so their bending doesn't really have personality they do stuff mm. yeah they bend it uh when you see Zuko versus Azula versus Iroh versus Ozai versus versus Aang all firebend, they all yeah. firebend in different. very different ways. They have they have very very specific moves that they do and and just the way that they carry themselves is very different. Uh Mako and like I know that I am just picking on Mako, but like Mako's a firebender. Uh, Mako bends just like everyone else on the on that pro bending stage, and he bends just like Korra, and he bends just like all of the other firebenders we've seen. And and it's not as I'm not as invested. I. Mm-hmm. I am I am watching it, but my eyes glaze over because they're doing they're doing the same moves and it's not unique and it's and it's like they are they are playing JV soccer. It isn't it like it isn't life or death. I mean, sure, I want them to, to win. I I guess, but like if they don't win, I mean, even during the match, they were like. Oh well, there is always next year. Yeah. When there's other stuff going on. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just not jazzed. No. Yeah, it it sucks. Um Yeah, it's I it's hard because like w- especially when you consider that this 
started the show started out as a mini series so if you assume like at this point in time when i was watching the show we didn't know that season two was going to happen we thought like we're just going to get 12 13 episodes of this and that's it so it's really frustrating when you're watching it with that mindset that these are the only episodes you're going to get and it's like you're wasting a full one on (laughs) stupid love triangle romance nonsense that you don't care about and the plot itself hasn't even fully kicked in yet at around the halfway point and we're it's pacing wise it's not great and it's it's weird and they could have sprinkled this this in throughout other episodes to to like first um first um spread out all of that pro bending okay um second if you do it throughout a few different episodes you might do the same exact things i mean change it a bit it's not great but even if you did the same exact things but just piece it out it might make it might make me feel like oh oh this has been building they have they have they have been liking each other for for a while look it's snowing it's been time and this just feels rushed and bad and it feels like Bolin's this like second fiddle, which which sucks. Mm-hmm. Bolin seems great. Yeah. Justice for Bolin. Yeah. Um yeah. Still wish they'd give him more to do besides being diet Sokka of sorts, but yeah, I I feel that way about all the characters at this point, honestly. So. I don't know. They gave they gave Mako more to do, and they turned him into a human trash can. So, <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. So that concludes this episode. This might have been one of the shortest shortest episodes we've ever covered in a while. Like not since book one have we covered an episode in under an hour, from the looks of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, so. I am just like, eh. yep. Not much to say. I honestly didn't take too many of those on this one. So tune in next time uh, when ho- things hopefully get better. I forget the full extent of what goes down the next episode. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll be here, though. We yep, will we'll be, be here. here to complain with you. Uh-huh. So, yeah, tune in next time when we cover book one, chapter six, and the winner is dot, dot, dot. So until then, stay flaming. <laughs>